So I want to introduce this morning to you. We're going to, we thought we'd do something slightly different this morning on our first Sunday in the new year. Rather than one of us preach, you're going to get three of us for the same money. So that's amazing, isn't it? Actually, no, it's more money. We're going to, no, that's all right, I'm joking. So what we thought we'd do is that Simon, Dan and myself are going to just kind of bring you a little bit of hopefully inspiration. Uh, hopefully. All right, that's, that's a clue there, hint there. Um, j- just on what we sense God is saying to us, under the title, This Year, Lord. Okay, so under the title, This Year, Lord, you're going to hear from Dan first, then from Simon, then a little later, you're going to hear from me. So, when you look at a tree, when you look at a tree, say an, an old oak tree, what do you see? What do you see? Do you see a, a, a solid trunk leading up to, to branches and a, and a mass of, of green? I see that. I see that. But do you, do you see more than that? Do you use your imagination to see further, to, to see below the soil where there's a, a massive root system spreading out, mirroring the, the branches, but into the depth, seeking out water and, and nutrients, feeding, gripping the, the soil? And then do you see leaves the leaves intricate in, in detail with their with their faces to the sky drinking in what sunshine there is and then there are there are animals larger ones with deer and fox and, and badgers burrowing through and under the, the the surface into the root sheltering feeding and smaller ones microscopically small the the, the worm and slug and, and, and snail and then there are the the seasons the bare branches of, of winter and, the, and the, the blossom of the spring. There is so much that, that we can see, not only with our eyes, but with our imagination, an educated imagination, an imagination that comes from looking and from, from, from thinking, from experience, from learning. This year, Lord, I want to see what you see. In the Bible, in Mark chapter 8, Jesus is out on the, on the road, as he so often is. It says that they, Jesus and his disciples, they walked into a place called Bethsaida. Some people brought a, a blind man and begged Jesus to, to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the, the village. When he had spat on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, do you see anything. It's an interesting approach to, to healing, not one that I would recommend for fear of being misunderstood, but Jesus did it. And then the man, he looked up and he said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. And this is intriguing. Why didn't Jesus fully heal the man? Is there something more, something more that Jesus is, is teaching here? Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. A blind man was healed, and that was physical sight restored. But there is something more than that. This year, Lord, I want to see what you see. I want to see what God sees And I know that is only possible because of Jesus. Because of him spitting on and putting his his hands on my eyes. And why? Why is this important? Why this year, Lord? Well, maybe because more than ever, 
I know my limits. I know that my eyes can, can fail me. But being with Jesus, seeing what God sees, suddenly raises me. It raises us. It gives us vision. It gives us hope. It means that we can live in, in forgiveness and, and grace. It means that we can use our God-given imagination to see past the trees to people. People created in God's image. And that is a challenge. Do we see trees or do we see people? Do we see his image, God's image in ourselves, in others? So often last year I sensed God saying, look, not just with physical eyes, but look, look again. Look at yourself, look at me. Look at your creator. Do you see me at work? Because I am. I am. Humanly speaking, it may look chaotic, it may look hopeless even. But I am there. I'm there in what is happening. And then when God is there, out of darkness comes light. Out of death comes life. And you look more closely for God the next time. And what is incredible, what gets me is that God asks us. He asks me and you. He asks us to be part of what he is already doing. And there are three, well, there are more, but but three things I've learned. Suggestions for seeing what God sees. Firstly, there is our mind. We need to use our God-given imagination more. As a child, our imagination was huge. We would be superheroes out there saving the world. But life and experience teaches us that we're not superheroes. And there is a loss of imagination. But to have that imagination recovered and redeemed by God, to have it educated by him, by his word, by the Bible, to know that we're part of something bigger, that we're part of what God is doing, that is incredible. To use our imagination to to see the, the possibilities for what God is doing in our everyday lives. To be at home with, with, with the children and see what God sees for their lives. To be with friends, to be in the office to be waiting at the checkout at Asda, to be walking through Howe's Own, wherever, using our God-given imagination to see what God sees, to see what he sees for people, to see what he sees for our town, for the black country. Using it to see what could be. Coming alive to new possibilities, that's when it gets exciting again. That's when, if you're living in that, you start whispering prayers under your breath, ready, asking Jumping on God moments. The second suggestion has nothing to do with our eyes, but with our ears. We need to listen more. What moves people from looking like trees walking around to people that we know and people that we do life with is listening to their stories. Giving them time to open their hearts so that we become vulnerable with each other. I remember our holidays as a child, my parents would take the caravan down to the new forest. They'd normally take me and my brother as well. And one of the things, one of the things about walking in the forest was the possibility of seeing a deer. You had to be quiet, really quiet, looking, listening. See, it wasn't just about what was happening in front, but behind. So often a deer would cross the path behind you. And if you were quiet, You would sense it and you'd turn. You'd see it and then it'd be gone. And God, God, he does more behind our backs than in front. And it is in the listening that we 
realize and we turn and we see God. We're amazed by him. Thirdly, we need to close our eyes more. What I see with with these eyes, it can limit my faith. It can limit what God could possibly do. Because faith is about the unseen. When I close my eyes, when I talk with God, that is when I, that is when we are most able to get a sense of what God is doing. Most open to his leading. Most open to his transforming work in our lives. And it means others. Others that we are with, closing our eyes together. They also become open. And we come alive to possibilities again. Using our imagination. Listening more, closing our eyes. Means we come alive to the unexpected. The the risk-taking God who, who spat to heal a blind man. And died so that we may have life. I'd like us to respond to this. In the only way that I thought fitted, I'd like us to close our eyes. I'd like us to close our eyes and put our hands on our eyes. You can spit on them first if you want. It's not essential, not even hygienic, but if you want to. (laughs) So let's close our eyes and put our hands on our eyes. And I'd like us to pray. Lord Jesus, This year, Lord, we want to see what you see. This year, Lord, I want to see what you see. God, you created us, our innermost being. Each of us here are fearfully and wonderfully made. All our days... Every day this year, Lord, is ordained for us by you, God. God moments already set up for us. This year, Lord, we want to see what you see and jump in on those God moments. This year, Lord, lead us in the way everlasting. Amen. Amen. It is, a, it is a new day, but also a new year. You know, it says in the Psalms, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us, some participation and, come on. <laughs> Fantastic. You know, it is a new year and already nearly a week of it has gone. After today, six days have gone that you can't get back. And it's only 353 days till Christmas. <laughs> And another 359 until the next new year. And I don't know how this year has started for you. And I don't know what your expectations are for it. But I do know this. It's how you live each day. It's how you live each day that will determine the year you have. You see, it's great to be optimistic for the future. To look ahead, to plan, to want better for yourself. There's nothing wrong with that. And I think New Year's Eve is the most hopeful, expectant, faith-filled day of the year, not just for Christians, but for everyone. Everyone believes for better things to come. But the very next day, or soon after, they realize it's just the next day. So how can this year be different? 
for me personally, I don't think I've ever gone into a new year with as much hope, expectancy and excitement as this year. And I'll let you into a secret here. The secret, those three things, hope, hope, expectancy and excitement, they're not in the year ahead. They're firmly placed in God. <laughs> Most people want a better year. They hope for a better year. They expect a better year. And that's great. But what they don't do is change their lifestyle to achieve it. <laughs> they do the same thing year after year. And they expect better, different results. This year, I want to change how I lived my life from last year. I want to do things differently so I get different results. I want to push into God more. I want to dream bigger dreams. I want to be less selfish. I want to be a better husband, a better father, and a better friend. But that requires change on my part. And the quicker I make that change, may just help me have the year I want. I want to, it starts with a daily choice, and it starts with a daily walk with God. This year, Lord, I want to continue to be used by you. I want to continue to be a part of what you're doing. And in order for that to happen, I may have to make some changes. 2012 was an amazing year for me personally, for my family, for my ministry, and for the life of this church. God did some pretty amazing things over all areas. We started the Alpha course last year, and it was a huge success. People here uh, are here as a result of that. They've got a relationship with Jesus because of that. That's fantastic, isn't it? And Leon's pushed the Alpha course uh, already this morning, but I want to encourage you. It could be because of you that someone's journey started. You know, in the last one, we had a, a lady. I, have, I won't mention her name because I haven't asked her, but she brought two friends along with her, and they both became Christians as a result of that. Not only was that amazing, but her faith levels grew as a result of that. It spurred her on. And, you know, I said there's only 353 days till Christmas, 359 till the next new year. Don't leave it that long to invite someone to the next search event. Let's do something about it now. The next Alpha course starts a week on Monday. <laughs> the Freedom in Christ course as well, that continued to grow and to shape lives. You know, in one evening, we had 70 people turn up for the forgiveness session, and that was amazing. We ran a daytime one, too, and 27 people on that, and, and a number of them were coming from different churches to attend. It was fantastic. And then the boot camp with Mark Greenwood, that was attended by so many of you, and that really helped us with our own personal evangelism, didn't it? And then the amount of new people, the amount of new people coming into church last year, it was incredible. You know, we saw more people come to faith last year than we have in recent years. We baptized more people last year than we did since 2006. And then the verse Leon um, had for us as a church, you know, it was amazing. We journeyed with it throughout the year, and it really helped us to push as a church deeper into God. And then recently, like I said, the search and some of the feedback from that by non-Christians <laughs> has been phenomenal. You know, for some, it was their first experience of church, and they loved it. And for some, it's the start of their journey. Some have come back, and that's incredible. I could go on and on, and many of you have your own highlights for that year. And right now, I just want to take a moment as well to pause. I want you to think of your highlight for last year. And then I want us to thank God for it. 
thank God for your own highlight, for what he did last year. So just close your eyes, think of a highlight, lift your voices, and then we're going to give a huge clap. We're going to give a clap off, and I know it might be a bit random, a bit, a bit whatever, but I just want to thank God for, for what he did last year. So think of a highlight, lift your voices, thank God, and then we're, we're going to clap. Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Father God, we did have an amazing year last year, and we just want to recognize that that was because of you. Lord, we want to partner with you this year. But Father God, we want to just celebrate right now in this moment what you did last year. Father God, we give you the glory for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't we raise our hands? Fantastic. Thank you, Lord. You know, in some ways, in some ways, many of us may not have wanted 2012 to end. As we can think, 2013 possibly can't live up to it. But what I want to say here is that's our thinking. That's our thinking and not God's. God doesn't draw a line in the sand just because of a date change. He's going to continue uh, what he's doing. And that's why this year, Lord, I want to continue. <laughs> continue is the important word here. I want to continue to be used by you so that your plans, your purposes you have for my life will come about. You see, the hope, the expectation, the favor of God is not getting everything you want for him, but being used by him to accomplish everything he wants through you. <laughs> I don't think God wants a repeat of last year. The Bible tells us that God is doing a new thing. You saw it there on the screen. In Isaiah 43, verse 19, it reads, See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? The verse starts with see, which means we have to look for the new thing God is doing. And it ends with, do you perceive it? Which means, again, we have to be aware. We have to be conscious of, the, of what God's doing. <laughs> He really doesn't want a repeat of last year. He wants to better it. And his plan is to use us, to use you in that process. And like I've said, in order for that to happen, we may have to make some changes, to do some things different, to get better results. And as I come to a close, I want to leave you with three things. So that's three from Dan and three from me. So you've got six there already. <laughs> and they may help you uh, as because they've helped me as I continue to walk out my journey with Christ. And for those that may not consider yourself a Christian, I hope you can still apply them to your life. So the three things are, for a balanced year, breakfast, lunch, and an evening meal. I'm joking. <laughs> the celebration, expectation, and application. Celebration, expectation, and application. Celebration. You've just heard me talk of the amazing year I had, we had as a church last year. And it's important to celebrate all that God did, to take a moment, to pause, to enjoy it. But then it's equally important to not stay there, <laughs> to move on and not to dwell on it. You see, there may be some of you that didn't have a great 2012. And equally, it's important that you don't stay there, that you move on. Because God is in control of your future. And he's got a better year ahead of you. We can miss the next thing God has got for us if we celebrate for too long or we dwell on our past. 
We look back to recognize what God did in order to know what God can do and wants to do in our future. I believe there are greater things to come. Amen. Celebration. Celebration is really thankfulness. Thankfulness that we give God for what he's done. Celebrate the big moments this year, but then move on. He's got bigger ones for you. And then expectation. And this is a huge one, and I haven't got time to cover it completely. But what I want to say, and I hope this makes sense, is that you need to know what you want to expect in order to expect it. (laughs) Let me explain that. Did anyone get what they wanted for Christmas? Did anyone get what they wanted for Christmas? Was Santa good? <laughs> they may, there may be many of you who uh, got what you weren't expecting uh, for Christmas. And then we practice that look, don't we? Oh, just what I've always wanted. And then when they turn away, it's... <laughs> and that's why um, gift receipts are so popular these days, isn't it? <laughs> but if you did what you were... If you did get what you were expecting, though, and, and this is the point here... It's probably because you dropped a hint. (laughs) It might have been subtly. Or you might have actually told someone what you'd like. And that's the same with God, guys. God wants you to tell him what your expectations are. He wants you to have some expectations for this year. You see, my expectations for this year are clear. I want my relationship with God to be deeper than last year. And I want to see more people come into a relationship with him there's other dreams and hopes i have but expectation is different to them and i want to encourage you to give god your expectations to name them and then walk towards them and then finally application (laughs) and this is down to you nobody else can live this year for you or stop the things god has got in store for you Nothing and no one can prevent you from becoming the person God wants you to be this year, except you. (laughs) Application is applying the things God has given you and then living them out each day. Prayer, reading your Bible, exercising your spiritual gifts, worship, loving, forgiving. It really is how you live each day that will determine the year you have. The Bible tells us that we already have every spiritual blessing that we need. That's in Ephesians 1 verse 3. And then 2 Peter 1 verse 3 reads, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. So this year, may you apply everything God has given you in order for you to have the year God wants you to have then as we give him our celebration, our expectation and application, it's truly God that's in control. And he may do just a whole lot more. This year, Lord, I want to continue to be used by you. And this can be your year too. God wants to use every single one of you. I want to leave you with this. It's from Ephesians 3, verse 20 and 21. And I just encourage us, encourages us to live big now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us him to him be the glory in the church and in christ jesus throughout all generations forever and ever amen 
So, my statement is this year, Lord, I want to be bigger by choice. I think there won't be many people at the start of a new year that will say that. Everyone wants to be smaller by choice, but I want to be bigger by choice. And I'll explain what I mean by that in a moment. And I think that new, for me, New Year is a strange uh, phenomenon, if I can say that. And I think, I, I've thought about this. I think there are four types of people, uh, how we approach New Year. So the one group of people is the kind of, it's just another day, it's nothing special. You know, you don't get excited about New Year. You don't get excited about the date change. It's just another day. You think a New Year's resolution is a waste of time. You're the kind of person that says, oh, it goes in one year and out of the other. Did you like what I did there? Uh, you're that kind of person. It's just another day. It's, it's nothing special at all. If you, the second group of people is you're the ultra positive. Because it's a new year, things are going to get better. They just will because it's a new year. You're the ultra positive type of character. You're expectant, you're eager, it's going to be better than last year because it's a new year. There are people like that. You can just read Facebook and you understand that. Some of you are, yet things could get better if I do something about it. And you're going to be the very targeted, structured, goal-setting, resolution-setting person. You've already got your spreadsheets out. You've already got your colour-coded going through your journal. You've already set your 101 things that you want to do before the 10th of January. You're those kind of people. There will be some of us, and the way we're wired is this. 2012 was bad. Things can only get worse. So that's how you approach the new year, with fear and dread. Can I say to you, however you're wired, there is so much about 2013 that you are not going to be able to control. It doesn't matter how positive you are. It doesn't matter how faith-oriented your philosophy or doctrine might be. It doesn't matter how pessimistic you are. It doesn't matter how structured or targeted or organized or efficient you are. So much of what will happen in 2013 is beyond your control. How many of us are going to be able to speak into anything like these issues? How many of us are going to be able to control the economy in 2013? We leave that to the politicians and the bankers, and they're doing a great job. (laughs) So that sounded really bad, didn't it? But they can't do it. We can't do it. What are we going to do about the weather? We can't control that. Our health, circumstances, opportunities, the decisions that other people make, the environment, the way our football team play. There is so little that we can do to control all of these issues. But, but, the one thing, however we're wired, the one thing we can have some measure of control over in 2013 is our choices. And what I sense God saying to me and to you and to us as a church is that this is a great opportunity for us to really focus ourselves on the one thing that we have some control over, and that is the power of our choices. You know, the power of choice is an incredible thing. There's a Greek word that gives us um, uh, the English word moment. And the Greek word uh, that, that gives us the English word moment has, is, is atomis. Okay, that's where it's kind of derived from. It's where we get atom or atomic from. And there's this sense in which there's a lot hidden in a moment. And when you seize a divine moment, you instigate an atomic reaction. That, that's kind of what the idea is. In 2002, when Halle Berry, the actress, was receiving her Oscar um, for a leading role in in a film, and uh, she made this statement. She says, this moment is so much bigger than me. 
And what she meant by that is that for her receiving that Oscar, what she meant as a black actor is that actually she believed that this would open the door for other black actors to walk into more opportunity. This moment was so much bigger than just receiving the gong. That's what she was saying. It's like when we choose a divine moment, it like releases a kind of uh, um, uh, an atomic reaction. There's so much more in moments. You know, the divine potential of a moment is unlocked by the choices we make. The most spiritual activity you will engage in today or any day throughout this year is about the choices you make. You might think, oh, I'm just making a choice. No, you're not. That is the most spiritual activity. We'll all be connected around the choices that you make. God created the world and he set mankind in a garden that was full of choice, wasn't it? And unfortunately, Adam's choice and Eve's choice charted their course and our course ever since. The hardest thing in life, someone once said, is to learn which bridge to cross and which bridge to burn. And all the way through 2013, you and I are going to come to junctions like that where we need to make a choice. And hidden in that moment is divine. I think there's divine atomic reaction. If we seize that moment, if we make the right kind of choices. Moses said to the people in Deuteronomy 30 verse 19, now choose life. That's what he said. So that you and your children may love and that you may love the Lord your God. Joshua gathered the group of people at the end of his life and leadership in Joshua 24 and he says, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Elijah on the top of Mount Carmel, he said to the people of God, how long will you waver between two opinions? In other words, make a choice, make a decision. And in Proverbs 8 verse 10, it says, choose my instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than choice gold, for wisdom is more precious than rubies and nothing you desire can compare with her. And what I sense that God is saying, I know that last year in 2012 I had that verse from Hosea. I don't have a verse yet as such that might come, who knows. Um, But what I really sense God is saying is that this is the year for you and I and us to grow, to become bigger people by choice. That we will choose to become bigger people by choice. We won't, it won't just happen through wishful thinking. It won't just be ha- happen through because it's a new year. It will happen when you and I, by choice, choose to become bigger people. I believe that this is a year of growth for us. And not just numerical growth. Last year as a church, as Simon's already alluded to, was a real season of numerical growth for us as a church, which was brilliant. Okay, After quite a few years where it was a little static in that area. But I believe that more than numerical growth, God wants us to grow to become bigger people. This year, in a few weeks time rather, I'm going to talk to you about the third place and the building project and where we're at. And we're looking to a bigger space to occupy in terms of building. But more than that, God is more interested in you and I becoming bigger people. No good having a bigger building if we're not bigger people to occupy it. Okay, and I believe, really sense that what God is wanting from me and from us is that by choice we will choose to become bigger people during this year. With a bigger view of God. I don't want to be one of those 10 spies, do you? That went into the promised land and saw the giants, and their view was that the giants were bigger than them. But actually, the other two, Joshua and Caleb, their view was that the, their God was bigger than the giants. I want to be someone who has a bigger view of God, like those two spies, not the ten. I want to be someone who has a bigger understanding of what God wants to do in me and through me. I want to become someone who has a bigger attitude, that when life throws stuff at me, I respond bigger and better. I want to be someone this year who has a bigger generosity. I don't want to live a small, restricted life. 
of fear and aversion to risk. I want to be someone who has a bigger capacity to forgive when I'm hurt, to receive from God, to serve and to give. Do you? I want to be someone who becomes bigger by choice. And I can do that through him who strengthens me if I engage the choice that God has given me. God will not do that outside of my choice and my response. And what I want to do is that starting next week, I want to spend four weeks, <laughs> I was going to have these ideas and then two, three weeks into it, regret it. I want to spend four weeks just in one story in the Old Testament. And uh, you can see this story, it's located in Exodus chapter 3 and Exodus chapter 4. So for the next four weeks, we're just going to live in two chapters of the Bible. And we're going to look at one man's new year, if you like, new opportunity and the choices he made. And how God called him to live a bigger, a braver and a bolder life. And that's what I sense God is saying to me and to us as a community during 2013. That God wants to call us as a community of people, individuals and together, to live bigger, braver and bolder lives. And the guy's name, if you don't know who it is, is Moses. And if you've got a Bible, then you can read Exodus 3 and Exodus 4 over this next week and kind of live in those two chapters uh, with me. And you know, I believe that the challenge is for me and for you, that as we head into this new year, whatever happens to us, we can choose how we're going to respond, can't we? We can choose, man, God, I'm going to be bigger. God, I want to be bigger in my response to this. And for us as a community, You know, God is leading us and God is bringing new people. We had a lot of new people come to the church this last year, which is brilliant and we love that. Even over the last couple of weeks, over Christmas, there's been new people coming and beginning a journey with us. That's fantastic. But God is wanting to build us together as a bigger community as well. And there'll be some issues that I want to speak into in terms of the church and what I believe God is saying to us about the church and about the future. And I want to finish. We're going to sing again and just respond at the end. I want to finish... uh, in, in 1924, a guy called George Mallory tried to climb Everest. Nobody had ever climbed Everest. In fact, George Mallory didn't uh, achieve it either. In fact, in 1924, he, he got higher than anybody else got higher. He got 27,000 feet, but he died without reaching the summit. And in fact, they didn't find his body until 1999, several years later. But they realized that he died. And just after news had come back about George Mallory's death, there was a dinner given in his honor. And one of the men on the, on the expedition um, pointed to this picture, or pointed to the picture of Everest, if you want to turn the picture up, Jason. Actually, this is Edmund Hillary, who in 1953 did plant the flag at the top there. But, but what this guy did is he looked at the picture of Everest, and this is the words that he's reported to have said. He said this as he looked at the mountain. He said, we tried to beat you and we failed. We tried again and you beat us, but we will conquer you, for you cannot grow bigger and we can. And about 30 years later, Edmund Hillary and Sherpa Tenzing finally did grow bigger. They became bigger people and they, they conquered that mountain. And since then, lots of people have done that. And Edmund Hillary didn't do it by wishful thinking. He didn't do it just because it was another new year. He did it by choice. He became a bigger person. They became bigger people by choice and they conquered it. And what I want to encourage you to do is if you've got your bulletin inside, there's a little piece of card like this. And I'd love you to take it out now if you can, just so that you know that it's there. And you've heard from Dan who said, this year, Lord, I want to see how you see. I want to see through your eyes. And you've heard from him. You've heard from Simon who says, this year I want to continue to be a part of what you're doing, God. And then you've heard from me and I'm saying, this year I want to be bigger by choice. I don't know what God's saying to you. It may be some of that helps you. 
But what I'd love you to do is I'd love you to take this away with you. And I'd love you sometime during this week to have five minutes where you perhaps put a cup of coffee on, you get your Bible out or whatever, and you just sit on your own and you just look at that and you say, Lord, what's my prayer for this year? This year, Lord, and you fill it in yourself and you stick it somewhere where you can see it and you can reflect back and you can let God take that and use it to shape you into your life. I'm going to ask the band to come back and uh, we're going to finish uh, with a kind of hymn that just really declares, and this is a hymn that's been sung for centuries uh, by Christians and uh, people who, who have wanted to say, God, we want to follow you. We want to, we want to pursue you, Lord Jesus. We want to respond well to you. We want to be bigger people, Lord. We want to, we want to make great choices. And so I'd love to pray for you before we do that this morning. Is that all right? So if we could just pray. And then we'll sing this final hymn together. And I want you just to pause. I don't know what you're carrying into this new year. What issues you're carrying. But I want to say to you right this morning. It is not too late to choose. If you're a bigger person. Then this will be the year when you'll say. Do you know what? I am going to face this issue inside of myself. If you're a bigger person, you'll say, do you know what? This is the year where I'm going to look to restore that relationship. I'm not going to quit on it. I'm going to look to restore it. I'm going to be bigger. This could be the year when you forgive someone who's hurt you. And every year you've said, you know what? This year I'm going to do it. But you haven't quite done it. But this could be the year when you choose to be the bigger person and you choose to forgive. This could be the year when you get out of the boat of comfort and you do something that you've not done before. This could be the year when you go on a trip, when you witness to someone, when you give sacrificially, when you, when you reach outside of your comfort zone and you've never done it before. But this could be the year when you choose to be bigger. This could be the year. This could be the year. But it will only happen by choice. So Lord, I want to pray for every single one of us this morning. And I want to say, Lord God, we want to choose to follow you. We want to choose to serve you. We want to choose, Lord Jesus, to become bigger people. Not by wishful thinking, not by hoping, not even by praying just, but by choosing. And so God, would you help us, I pray. Would you help us as we head into this new year to become bigger people who who continue to be a part of what you're doing, who see through eyes that you would want us to see through, who see what you're seeing, and who choose, Lord Jesus, to, to step into that, to become bigger people, to occupy a bigger space with a bigger voice, with a bigger heart, with a bigger attitude, with a bigger capacity. We'd have a bigger sense of togetherness, that we'd have a bigger and greater sense of unity and purpose. And God, whatever life throws at us this year, God, we choose, we choose to follow you.